Welcome to First Unitarian Society of Minneapolis, the birthplace of Congregational Humanism. We carry on that tradition of free thought today, dedicated to promoting a free search for truth, meaning, and justice. Our web address is firstunitarian.org. I'm David Breeden, Senior Minister. Welcome. This Sunday, today, monotheists around the world are celebrating Passover and Easter and Ramadan. Because here in our congregational humanist community, we practice pluralism and we claim ourselves part of the Unitarian Universalist Association, I will remind us that one of the tenets of Unitarian Universalism is that each religion holds a piece of the truth. Here are some truths that these traditions hold. Liberation, renewal, sacrifice. Each of us has in our lives longed for liberation. Each of us has experienced renewal in some ways. Each of us has had occasion for sacrifice. These are timeless values. These are things that put us in touch with what it means to be human in this life, the need for liberation, for renewal, for sacrifice. Hold those three. We are not so separate from the rest of the world today. And we too are a religion, and today we celebrate a holy day. We celebrate Earth Day because we love our home, because it is the only home we know, because it gives us all we need. To be a religion means that we are bound together by covenant, by care of one another, by shared values and commitments, by some common goals. One branch of religious humanism, congregational humanism, as we often call it here, is religious naturalism. Here's how Professor Demian Wheeler of United Theological Seminary of the Twin Cities talks about religious naturalism. What is it exactly? Here's his, well, he says it's a one-sentence definition, but he's a seminarian. I mean, he's a theologian, so it's a really long sentence. <laughs> religious naturalism is a perspective that regards nature as both exhaustive of reality, it's all of reality, and worthy of deep reverence and devotion. On the one hand, nature is all there is. There is no such thing as the supernatural. On the other hand, it is possible and desirable to live a spiritually fulfilling existence on a completely naturalistic basis. For the religious naturalist, nature itself is capable of evoking awe, 
wonder, gratitude, amazement, celebration. Nature itself is the object of our ultimate concerns and commitments. Nature itself is sacred, i.e., it is, it is vitally and centrally important to us and thus deserving of our utmost loyalty. Religious naturalism invites us to respond spiritually, ethically, and even theologically to the mystery, value, power, beauty, terror, and transcendent depths of this world. When I first heard this frame, boy, it captured me. It really captured me because I feel a little lost if I don't feel something calling me to that spiritual depth to respond to the mystery and value and power and beauty and terror and transcendent depths of the world. I am a believer in science. You know that I am. And I need something more than cold data. I know some of you love to cuddle up to your data. <laughs> I know you do. Bless you. <laughs> I need something more. I need metaphorical language, and religious naturalism invites me into that. It is this frame that I take with me into places like our recent Be the Spark training. You may know that we recently hosted Be the Spark training with Minnesota Interfaith Power and Light. We invited congregations, from, Unitarian Universalist congregations from around uh, the Twin Cities in the state and uh, over two different settings, about 30 different people participated. It was marvelous, uh, three or four different congregations. We made connections with different congregations. And by we, I mean, led by the First Unitarian Society Climate Justice Team. And let me just stop for a moment, and let's have a hand for our Climate Justice Team. They are doing it, y'all. They are doing it. It is this frame of religious naturalism that I bring into the work of climate justice. Greta Thunberg says, I don't want your hope. I want you to panic. I want you to panic right now. And I think there's something to that. There's something important to that. But I can't do anything if I'm panicking. I get really paralyzed. And so doom and gloom is paralyzing to me. Doom and gloom doesn't work for us. If doom and gloom had worked for us about the climate, it would have worked by now. In the same way that being hard on yourself, if that was going to work, it would have worked by now. Right? Doom and gloom is not going to work for us. Hope and love and working together is what works. It's what is going to work for us and how we know how to work together. It's what leads us to liberation and to renewal and helps us live with the sacrifices that we will need to make. So here's what's going to happen next. 
In a few moments, the band is going to play a song, and we're going to uh, learn the last, uh, the chorus, and we're all going to sing the chorus together. And at that point, uh, the Catherine's crew is going to exit. You know who you are. All right? In, in a few minutes, and I'll go like that, okay? <laughs> we'll all sing that song. At the end of the assembly, we're all going to recess out of here over to the park for a brief water ritual with uh, the, the puppet and the banners, and, and it'll be brief. We'll sing a couple of these songs that we just sang. Some of you may have gotten a little slip of paper with the lyric on them, but maybe not everyone, and our greeters are going to have some of those by the by the doors as we exit uh, to go uh, over to the park, and you can share those. After our short ritual, please come back into the building. We've got a couple of tables set up with activities and things to sign up for. If you want to know what you can do for the climate, we've got you. We've got you. We've got activities to sign up for, tree planting, and getting involved with our um, uh, bike rack project, and information about the statewide wide climate call with Senator Tina Smith, super important, coming up. Also hot cider. So be sure and come back after our short ritual, all right? That's what's going to happen next. I'll just say, I'll close with these thoughts from Jane Goodall. We read, the climate justice team read her book, The Book of Hope, this year. And, and she says she has four reasons for hope. And these have lived with me. Boy, I hold on to these. They fuel my religious naturalism. They fuel my desire to be in this community and working with you the amazing human intellect, the resilience of nature, the power of young people, and the indomitable human spirit. That's us. May it be so. Thanks for listening. You can find much more about humanism and what's happening at First Unitarian Society in Minneapolis by visiting our website at firstunitarian.org.